Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Morning, One Community Church. Really good to be with you today. Thank you for your welcome, Cheryl and the team. It's a real privilege to be here. I grew up in Blackburn South, so nice to be in my old stomping ground, but uh, really uh, enjoying being here today with you as a church. Uh, I love uh, your theme for this month, the theme of generosity. You know, in the Gospels, we have a record of Jesus' teaching, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, In the end of John, John says, actually, Jesus said and did a lot more things. And if we put them in books, the world couldn't contain all the books that would need to be written. Uh, And so one of those extra teachings of Jesus is found in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20. Uh, The context is the Apostle Paul is at Ephesus. He's been there for three years. They've had a huge revival, impacted the city, and he's leaving. And he gives some final words. We don't have them on DVD, but someone took some notes. And so in the middle of his final speech, he talks about how hard he had worked Not only to meet his own needs, to pay his own bills, but also to meet the needs of others. Paul was a generous person who gave to others. And he says the motivation, the foundation of the way I live to meet my own needs and to bless others is the teachings of Jesus. And so we have a statement of Jesus' teaching that's not in the Gospels, that obviously was passed on through oral tradition, and it's found in Acts 20 and verse 3. 35. And so let me read that for you. Acts 20 and verse 35. I think that's uh, coming up on the screen now. All right. That was your cue. There we go. Uh, Acts 20 verse 35 says this. In fact, why don't you read it out with me in nice loud voice? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Very simple sentence. Paul says, the reason I live such a generous life is because of Jesus' teaching that it's more blessed to give than to receive. In the Message Bible, it says, you are far happier giving than getting. The CEV version says, more blessings come from giving than from receiving. The word blessed means happy. It means fortunate, it means well-off, it needs to be envy, means to be envied. Jesus is telling us that you are actually happier, you are better off, you are more fortunate when you're in the giving mode than when you're in the receiving or the getting mode. Kind of sounds a little countercultural, doesn't it? Like all of Jesus' beatitudes. But, you know, this truth is actually proven even by psychology. Some of you have maybe done some studies in psychology. There's a Jewish psychologist named Martin Seligman, major influencer in the positive psychology movement. And he was uh, teaching at university once, and he gave the students a, an exercise. He says, this week, I want you to go out, I want you to do two things. One, I want you to do something pleasurable just for yourself. Secondly, I want you to do something for someone else that has no benefit to you. And he says, I want you to measure your emotions both before the event, during the event, and after the event. Pretty, pretty cool assignment, huh? How many like to go to that university? And so the students went out and off they, off they went. So uh, many of them did something for themselves. So maybe a hot fudge sundae if you're into ice cream or a movie. And this was the results of as they did something for themselves, they had a quick spike of positive emotion and then a very quick reduction of positive emotion when they did something just for themselves. 
However, when the class did something for someone else, like work in a soup kitchen for an hour or help an elderly person across the road, when they did something for someone else, they had an experience of joy that led up to the actual helping of someone and then the feelings of joy lasted and lingered for a long time afterwards. They could have saved all that exercise by reading Acts 20, 35. (laughs) Because Jesus said, you are actually happier. You are better off when you're in a giving mode than when you're in a getting mode. It sounds countercultural, but it is true. And so Jesus doesn't tell us why or how. He just makes a statement. You're going to be happier giving than in getting. So I want to unpack with you a few reasons why I think this is true. And over lunch today, you might come up with a few more. But why is it more blessed to give than to receive. Number one, the first thing is I reckon God is pleased when we choose to be generous. Well-known, probably most well-known verse in the Bible is God so loved the world, bless you, God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved the world that he gave. God himself is a giving, generous God. He didn't just give us his son, but he gives us new mercies every morning. The very breath you're breathing right now is a gift from Him. Wisdom, strength. God is a giving and a generous God, and He gives to us continually. And so when we choose to give, you know why it's more blessed? Why is God pleased? Because when we choose to be generous, we become like Him. Because God loves people who reflect Him. Uh, Paul did a little fundraising in the first century, and uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, he's saying, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion from some preacher twisting your arm. Sorry, that was my addition there. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves it, not just when we give, but when we do so with joy, because we're reflecting him. The Message Bible said God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. And so one of the reasons it's more blessed to give than to receive is when we give, when we're generous, God is pleased because he's going, they're my kids, they're reflecting my very nature. The opposite is true. When we're tight-fisted, when we kind of hang on to stuff, God's displeased because that's the opposite of his nature. I see many parents in the room. You you ever been to uh, the Golden Arches restaurant? You know, McDonald's. And uh, you you buy your little angel a Happy Meal. And uh, uh, you didn't buy something for yourself. But as they're eating their Happy Meal, you feel a little hungry. You look at those fries and you go, hey, they look really nice. And so you reach out and say, could daddy or mommy have one? And your little angel goes, no. You, You ever had that happen to you? In that moment, what do you think? You know, I think... I paid for those fries. And then I think, you know what? i got enough money to buy all the fries I'll ever need. And then I think, you know what? I can make sure where you live under my roof, you never have a fry again. I don't say that, but, but that's what goes through my mind. You know, I think God's a little bit like that when we're tight-fisted, when we're stingy, 1% more. You know, when we hold on, I think God's going, what's up with that? How many know God is the fry maker? Where do you think the stuff in your hand came from? God's the fry maker. When you get this, your paradigm on money totally changes. Because he's the fry maker, and guess what? He can shut the fry machine down, or he can kind of cook up. And if, if he can get stuff through you, he'll keep getting stuff to you. 
He'll keep the fries coming when we're open-handed, when we're generous. And so God is pleased when we're generous. And there's so many ways to be generous, volunteering our time, giving our words of encouragement, giving financially. How many know the gospel is free? Okay, no one knows that. One person. The gospel is free, but it actually costs money to get it out there. There's no such thing as a free breakfast. Only at one community church, obviously. I mean, what a church. Free breakfast. In fact, you've got a free morning tea. I could just come and live here on a Sunday. There's no such thing as a free breakfast. Someone's actually paying for the breakfast. No such thing as a free breakfast. So uh, when we give financially, what, what an amazing building this is. I reckon this is one of the nicest church facilities in Australia. But it didn't just happen. Someone told me uh, $11 million. Woo! That's a lot of money. Some of you are freaking out. Well, with Melbourne house prices almost getting up to a million a house, it's only 11 houses, right? Kind of breaks it down a little bit. Some of you are feeling a little guilty. You're new and you came here and this was all paid for. I'm sure there's still an opportunity for you to give. So don't feel bad. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And so giving of our finances is also a way to please God. Number two, the second reason that we're more happy when we're giving. First of all, God's pleased. When we, when we give, when we share the fries, God's going, yeah, that's my boy, that's my girl. God's pleased. Secondly, other people are blessed. When you're generous, other people are blessed. Paul, in his fundraising, he went on to say, two good things are resulting from your giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem are going to be met. And so when we give, other people are blessed. I mean, come on, we've all been on the receiving end of a gift, whether it was Christmas or birthday or a special event. Uh, we know what it's like to be blessed, but when you give, you bless other people. Uh, a few years ago, we, uh, when I was leading the church there at City Life, we would have a Christmas in July for the staff and key volunteers, because Christmas is always so busy, so we'd have a, a big free lunch and just thank them for their work. Before lunch, we'd always do an activity. One year we did random acts of kindness. We gave everyone $10 and they had to go and spend that $10 on someone out in the community. Could give it away or buy some flowers, give some flowers. Man, was it a buzz over lunch with everyone talking about what they'd done with their $10 and what the response of people was. Uh, Another year, we, we actually had a bit of a competition. We divided the staff into groups. It was a big staff, so we had about seven groups. And we gave everyone a bike in pieces and they had to put the bike together. So it was a competition, very competitive group. Our groups were stealing tools from other groups, <laughs> stealing parts. Anyway, needless to say, eventually all the bikes got put together and uh, it was kind of a fun exercise. But then we told the staff, we've talked to the local primary school and in the next room there are seven children that the principal has selected and we're going to give these bikes as gifts to them. suddenly kind of changes your perspective when you realize what you're doing is actually for people. Just a little check. We did have a bike expert check all the bikes (laughs) before we handed them on. But to see the faces as these children, they know what's going on. Their parents had been informed. They walked through the door and we actually gave seven children a bike with helmets and everything like that. Unbelievable. One of the stories, there was one boy there who'd got a bike for Christmas And then in January, someone stole his bike. We didn't know this. And uh, parents couldn't afford to get another one. He happened to be one of the children who walked through the door and here's a church going, here's a bike for you. You you know when you give, other people are blessed. 
Other people are blessed through your generosity. This is what Jesus did. He just went around doing good. Random acts of kindness. Number three. The third surprise element is that when we give, when we live generous lives, not only is God pleased, not only are other people blessed by your extra 1% or what you're giving already, in turn we end up being blessed. This kind of baffles the rational mind. Uh, again, we, we, we don't do this as our motive, but this is the way it works in the kingdom. See, in natural wisdom, this is what we say. When I give, I make a loss. That's what we think. If I'm going to give an extra 1% this year, I'm going to have one less 1% for myself. By the way, 1% isn't the limit. You could do two if you wanted to. Or one every day or week or month. But sometimes we think if I give more, there'll be less for me. In the natural mind, that's what we say. But in the kingdom, from a spiritual perspective, when you give, you don't make a loss you actually make a gain. You make an investment in your heavenly bank account. Some of you are saying, where in the world is that in the Bible? Thank you for asking. <laughs> Matthew 6, 19 to 24. Jesus is teaching. He says, don't store up. Don't hang on. Don't be tight-fisted with your treasures on earth. Store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy. How do you get a heavenly bank account? Which bank? Which bank are you going to set up a heavenly bank account? Jesus is teaching us when you live a generous life, when you give, you're actually making a deposit in your heavenly bank account. Some of you are going, I'm not so sure about that. Well, let's look at Paul. He picks this up. Uh, The church in Philippi had been generous in giving to him. Uh, Very few churches supported his ministry, but Philippi did. And so he picks this up. It says, look, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Verse 17, verse 17, not that I desire your gifts, I desire that more be credited. Would you say the word credited with me? That more be credited to your account. He goes on to say, I've received full payment. I have more than enough. I'm amply supplied. And he goes on, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. How many have heard that scripture? Come on, that's, that's a refrigerator scripture, isn't it? This is a great promise, but how many know every promise has a premise? We like to say, my God's going to supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. That's a promise to people who live generous lives. As you give, as you're generous, as you're open-handed, God's going to keep that fry machine cooking and make sure that all of your needs are met. Now, let, let, let me illustrate this. So who's, who's visiting today? You've never been to one community before. Okay. Any other visitors here today? Fantastic. Uh, guy with the bright Hawaiian shirt, what's your name? <laughs> kind of looks Hawaiian to me. Richard, Richard. Hey, uh, Roger, would you come and help me here? Uh, I, I want to give $50 to Richard over there. So just take that over to Richard, hand that to him. Who else is visiting? <laughs> That's for you, Richard. Don't want it back. Uh, go spend it at the coffee. I hear there's a few good books for sale in the foyer. Um, <laughs> seriously, that, that, that's for you. Now, um, in the natural mind, this is what we do. We operate on double entry accounting. Any accountants in the room? 
Uh, they know the world op operates on double entry accounting. For every transaction, there's two sides. There's a debit and a credit. So what just happened in the natural is... So what was your name in? Richard. Richard. Roger and Richard. Uh, Richard's assets just went up. It's a credit. His assets have 50 bucks more credit. My assets just went down. I've had a debit of $50. Now, I know in accounting language, it's the opposite, but let's not get confusing. So... Double entry accounting. And so we think, if I give 1% more next year, well, someone else is going to be 1% better off, I'll be 1% better off, less off. Uh, Richard's got $50 more, I've just lost $50. But here's the point. Here's what Paul is teaching. The kingdom of God operates on triple entry accounting. You never heard about it in Accounting 101. The kingdom of God operates on triple entry accounting. What Paul is saying, in fact, the word credited there is a, is a financial accounting word. What's Paul saying? He says, I'm not just wanting to get money from you. You give me gain. I'm wanting to see something credited to your account. He's picking up the language of Jesus and see what actually happens is Richard's got $50. He's got a credit. I've got a $50 debit in the natural, but there's a third dimension. I've just made a $50 deposit in my heavenly bank accounts. Thank you for those two amens. <laughs> this is not some prosperity gospel. This is the kingdom of God teaching. I've just made an investment in my heavenly bank account. It's not lost. It's not gone. And how many know God pays good interest? He pays good returns. I hope you're enjoying this this morning. We have a lot of visitors next weekend. That's that church that gives money away to visitors. Where's my free breakfast, free morning tea? Where's the $50? Come on, most churches are wanting money. They're giving money away at one community church. So, another thing we say in the natural mind is, when I have a surplus, then I'll give. How many heard that? Yeah, when I make a million, then I'll be generous. The, the biblical teaching is, even sometimes when you're in need or lack, you go first, you give, you be generous, and see God work. There's a lot of stories in the Bible. Uh, 1 Kings 17 is the story of a widow. She's so poor, she's about to cook the last stuff in her kitchen and literally have her last supper with her and her son. That's how poor she is. This prophet named Elijah comes through and he has the audacity to say, hey, cook that up and feed me. Can you see the headlines the next day? Traveling evangelist eats widow's last meal. And you know what she does? Because this is a true prophet, some manipulating preacher. She cooks up that meal and she gives it away. Can you imagine? It's her last meal. And she gives it away. And something supernatural happens. The Bible says that her jar of oil and her jar of flour never ran out until the famine was over. See, see sometimes we think small gifts don't really matter to God. I, I don't really have much. When I get a lot. You know, sometimes there's a widow. Jesus once stood over by the offering. How rude is that? Just seeing what everyone's given. People were pouring it out of their abundance. There's a little widow that, that gave just one small coin. And Jesus said to the disciples, she actually gave more than everyone else. What's amazing is Jesus didn't stop her. If Jesus was a kind pastor, he would have said, listen, dear, that's not going to really make a difference. You hang on to your coin. He actually didn't do that. And he's not a manipulated person because Jesus knew she was giving of a generous heart. And although she gave her all, Jesus knew she has a heavenly father who would watch over her. 
Sometimes we think, well, when I get a lot of money, then I'll give. No, giving actually starts with what we have. And so this is the surprise element in this whole area of generosity. When we're giving, when we're generous, God is so pleased because we're just like Him. Other people are going to be blessed. Wow, 1% extra this year? And Cheryl's actually saying, give it to anyone you want? That's amazing. Most people would say, give it to the church. You can give it to the church if you'd like. You know, there's a funny story about, uh, uh, it's a fairy tale, sorry, it's not in the Bible, about this goose having golden eggs. You hear that one? Had one golden egg every day. And this little kid got so excited, wanted more golden eggs, and so actually killed the goose and opened it up to get more golden eggs. And of course, you know the goose died and the golden egg stopped. (laughs) You know, sometimes in church, we love the golden eggs. The golden eggs, if we had a, pro, you know, a, a fundraising for social justice or community outreach or, or mission or buying goats for families in India, you know, they're the, they're the golden eggs. We love to give to that. But how many of us, the goose dies, there's no golden eggs? Thank you for your enthusiastic response. <laughs> You know, what am I saying? Uh, this church is healthy and well, I'm sure, but let's look after the goose. I'm not calling one community a silly goose. But but as long as the church is healthy, there'll be golden eggs. And so as you think about your 1%, hey, don't neglect just giving to keep this community healthy and meeting all its needs financially. That was for someone here today. Thank you for coming, Mark. We're really enjoying this message. It's so good for us today. Just encouraging myself with the message this morning. So, God is blessed when we give, other people are blessed when we give, you're 1%, wherever they, whether it's the church or some, some uh, great mission or uh, enterprise or project that God puts in your heart, other people are going to be blessed, but I just want to change your thinking to realize you also will be blessed. God is faithful. And our motive is not to give, I'm going to give this so I get back, that's not our motive. But our expectation is that God will watch over us. Uh, some of you still aren't so, so up on this kind of triple entry accounting. So let me just give you a couple of uh, verses. Look at this right here. Good will come to those who are generous. You'd think it would say, when good comes, then I'll be generous. <laughs> no, no, no. You be generous and good will come to you. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, you know this one, but look at the order. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits, not the leftovers of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. I thought it would say, when my barns are filled with overflowing, then I'll be generous. No, no, no. You live a generous life and God will make sure your needs are met. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another person uh, holds on to their fries and ends up with soggy fries. Comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. You refresh others, you'll be refreshed. This is a principle throughout the scriptures. Uh, Luke 6:38. Give! Be generous and it will be given back to you. Not our motive. But it's a principle. You sow and you will reap. Second Corinthians 9, 6. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. So as we wrap this up, one simple statement from Jesus, not in the Gospels, but part of his teaching through all tradition. Paul says, you know what? I've worked hard. And I've earned enough money to meet all my needs, but I've actually helped a lot of other people. You know why I do that? Because I'm following Jesus. And he taught that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so, what about you today? 
what, what, what's God speaking to you about this morning? Maybe you're a generous giver, be encouraged in your generosity. Or maybe, maybe you're a little bit on the, on the receiving end and God's wanting to open your hands and live a more generous life. Jump onto that 1% and find a, a real joy in it. As you do so, God's going to be blessed, other people will be blessed, and you will be blessed in the process. Everyone said amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for One Community Church. Thank you for Cheryl and the leadership team and their faithfulness to lead this community forward. God, we pause and we look back and say, what a great heritage this church has. Men and women over the generations who have served and given faithfully to see One Community be what it is today. Thank you for the great heritage. But more importantly, thank you for the great future this this church has. I pray for all of us that are here today that we would live generous lives. Lord, that we would be open-handed, generous people uh, so that you'll be pleased, other people will be blessed. And Lord, change our thinking to see that we also will be blessed in the process. And Lord, we're excited about all you're going to do this year. For those that are here that may not know you personally, Help them to see that you are a good and a generous God who doesn't want something from us. You actually want to give yourself to us. May all of us know you and serve you. And we look forward to all you'll do in 2019. Everyone said amen. 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 As Cheryl mentioned, just a a couple of books I brought that maybe have helped you today. Uh, First book is called Money Talks. And it's not just about giving, it's about earning, it's about saving, which we don't talk a lot about today. It's about investing. We've got a chapter on God's perspective on business. Uh, it looks at bigger issues like alleviating poverty. So a whole book. You know, most pastors get a little nervous about two topics. One is sex and one is money. So I'll see, leave the sex talk for your local team. And uh, <laughs> here's, here's the money talk. Uh, a few years ago at City Life, we did a survey with open-ended questions, and one of them was, I wish someone would preach about, and we left it blank, and we collected all of the answers, and I have enough to preach on until Jesus returns. <laughs> but I was surprised. Jesus, uh, people wanted to hear about anger, uh, worry, fear, depression, uh, rejection, addictions. We were scratching where people weren't itching. So we did a whole series called Freedom, Prison Break. Jesus' first sermon, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim freedom. Braveheart didn't invent freedom, Jesus did. And so we did a whole series on freedom from worry, freedom from anger, freedom from depression. Looked at Elijah, who was so depressed he was suicidal. How did God walk him through that? And so that's available out there. And then a small booklet just released called The Spiritual Journey on the Stages of Faith. When you're on a journey, it helps to have a map and a guide. And this book endeavors to do that. So I'll be in the foyer. Don't rush off. Come and say hello to me. Uh, Rebecca and Katie will be there too. Love to say hello before you head off. One community, really enjoyed being with you today. Thank you for your welcome. Hope you have a great day. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.
Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.